You're listening to Uniquely Beautiful Stories with Heather McIneer, a place for you to find encouragement to fully live your uniquely beautiful life. Hi friends, welcome back to the Uniquely Beautiful Stories podcast. I'm your host, Heather McIneer, and I'm so glad you're tuning in. I want to thank you for joining me here each week as we bring you messages of redemption and beauty from real life stories in hopes that you will find encouragement to go out and fully live your own uniquely beautiful story. Our podcast is brought to you by Cedar Creek Dental Associates. If you live near Oklahoma City and you're looking for quality dental care, be sure to check out their website at okcsmile.com. I promise you'll find an amazing staff a gorgeous office, and most importantly, excellent dental care to keep you smiling for years to come. Also, if this podcast has been an encouragement to you, it would mean so much if you'd subscribe, give us a review or a rating, and pass on a specific episode to a friend so that others can be encouraged by these beautiful stories. Friends, you're listening to episode 35, and my beautiful friend today is Paula Cummings. Paula is wife to Chad, homeschool mom to Claire, Cole, and Caleb, living in Tulsa, and Paula is a passionate minister of the gospel wherever she goes. And I've had the privilege of watching Paula's life for over a decade now, and so I'm just super excited to have her here, and I know you guys are going to love getting to know her and hearing her story. Welcome, Paula. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) You're welcome. We have talked about doing this for a really long time, so I'm glad it finally happened today. Have me too. <laughs> well, like I said, Paula and I have known each other a long time. Um, we met, what was it? You can know, you know the math because it was when you were just had Claire. So, yes. how many so, years ago? Uh, let's see, we moved to Oklahoma City in 2006. Okay. Claire was only six weeks old, and I think we met you just a few months later. So, we'll call it 2007. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so, Bo was born that year. So, mm-hmm. so I know in my head that was 12 years ago. So, <laughs> so gosh, it seems longer than 12 years. I feel like I've been oh, you goodness. forever. But, That's right. Um, but so, Paula and I, like she said, met through church and have lived a ton of life together in lots of circles. And um, we're both homeschool moms. We were a part of a co-op together for many years. We've been a part of the same church, some of the same Bible studies, same ministry opportunities, um, just watched each other raise our kids, marriage stuff with our husband. So it's it's been really fun to just live life with you. Yeah, I feel like we've worked together a lot so much, you know, just managing our families and our lives and doing ministry together. There's been this work relationship, but yeah, yeah we're like friends yes, all through it all. <laughs> absolutely. Dear friends that yeah. work together. I yes. do think it's funny whenever we would um, catch each other for a phone call. And in my head, I would think, well, I don't think this anymore, but I used to think it's going to be a quick call. I've got to ask Paula something real fast. And then like an hour and a half later, we'd be like, you know, we really need to get off the phone because you're right. We just, (laughs) we crossed over in so many places that it was, it was work and ministry and life and raising kids, but deep friendship too. So those are the best, (laughs) those are the best kinds. Oh, well, because of our vast knowledge of each other, this podcast could go a hundred different ways. And I'm actually really excited to see where the Lord takes it today. But I do want you to start just giving us some of your backstory, how you grew up, how you came to know Jesus. And I just, I love your testimony. And so I'd love for our listeners to hear yeah. it as well. All right. Well, I'm excited to share this. This is always fun. It's my favorite. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, growing up, um, I'm from Texas and I'm one of three girls, um, had sisters and I had, uh, my parents, two parents who were amazing and, uh, were very loving, both modeled and, and set such a great example of work and, um, took good care of us, um, had a really good home life, honestly. Um, the thing that was unique in my home was that, uh, my dad traveled a lot for work and my mom, um, her job when she was working, she worked on weekends often. And so um, going to church or being a part of any kind of community like that, it was kind of hit or miss uh, really maybe occasionally or a little bit through the through the year. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like a regular part of our life. Mm-hmm. But as a kid, I always hungered for that. I have memories of when they took us to vacation Bible school, mm-hmm. maybe at the local church or like my grandparents, we would visit them. And uh, my grandfather was a minister, actually, mm-hmm. that lived um, kind of you know several hours from us. So there was this desire. I wanted to be around that, but we just couldn't all the time. Mm -hmm. And what happened was when I was in fifth grade, I met a girl in my class at school who became my best friend. And we spent so much time together and her family did go to church. Mm -hmm. 
Um, her name, I, I do want to say her name is Kelly. Um, she's very special to me. If we, if I spent the night at her house on Saturday night, I had to go to church Sunday morning and around fifth grade and then going into middle school, um, I kind of was getting to that point where I wasn't as interested in church, but I had to go if I spent the night with her. Mm-hmm. Um, it was through those years of going to church, um, uh, with her and her family that I heard the gospel for the first time. Mm-hmm. And, um, I kind of ignored it. I was a little bit stubborn. I really had this idea at that point in my life. Um, I was a very social girl Mm -hmm. at that time. I loved going and being around people and having, you know, being around friends. The youth group aspect really appealed to me. Mm -hmm. Um, I wanted to be there. But um, I really somehow along the way picked up this idea that if I was just a really good person and I was nice to everybody and I did what was right and followed most of the rules Mm -hmm. and that made me a good person and I went to church. So that must be what a Christian is. Um, I really convinced myself of that for a long time. And all through middle school, I can remember going to this church and hearing about Jesus and hearing about something called sin Mm -hmm. and that I needed to turn away from this sin. But I I kind of really just muted that, kind of tuned it out Mm -hmm. and didn't want to listen. But something was happening. Something really was happening in my heart all all the time. I never said anything to anyone, but I kept feeling this nudge. Something in me was like, I need to listen to this. I need to pay attention I should do something about this, but I fought it. I really was stubborn and and I hid it from everybody. I didn't want anybody to know that I wasn't a Christian because mm-hmm. I had put on this. This is who I am. Um, around eighth grade, um, I think some maturing happened and there was a new pastor at this little church that I had been visiting with her who was a great teacher. And I started to understand more deeply. And then by ninth grade, um, Kelly invited me to an event that I'd never heard of before uh, called See You at the Pole. And I was friends with a lot of different people. I played basketball and I was involved in different groups. I was that girl that was just got along with everybody and was friends with lots. And then Kelly was like my, my church friend and I had a group of, you know, church friends. So I thought, well, this will just be them, you know, when I showed up at my high school and it was a large, you know, high school that we went to, um, I could not believe how many students were there. I was blown away. And I remember quietly just participating and see at the poll, by the way, is just a time where students had to be student led Mm -hmm. and initiated. Um, Students would come together and pray for their school and their country, uh, for their leaders, um, for the uh, just everything, Mm -hmm. you know, but it had to be student led. So it was a time of prayer. And I remember in that moment seeing all those students that just impacted me, the number and the unity that I saw in those kids. I was like, this God thing's real. Mm. I can't keep running from this. And so right there, I prayed. I didn't tell anybody. (laughs) I just literally, my prayer was this. I said, okay, God, I'll give you a shot. I just surrendered. I placed my faith in Christ. And I said, you're the boss of me in that moment. And I honestly didn't fully even understand completely what I was doing by Mm -hmm. putting, I just was putting myself under his authority in my life. From there, um, at this same little church, uh, right just a few months later, they had a new interim music minister and who also was the youth minister. His wife became the high school girl Sunday school teacher and he did high school boys. Um, it just so happened to be uh, Mike and Donna Cummings and they had three sons, Chad, uh, Colin and Cameron. And so um, I met, I didn't know at the time, I met my future husband <laughs> right then and there. My mother-in-law was my Sunday school teacher. Um, she was more than that. She was my friend. She was a mentor to me. Um, she was so fun, easy to talk to, took time. I spent a lot of time at their house and, and Chad and I began, you know, a relationship later in that year. And so of course it was easy to spend time and be around, but going to their house, I learned practical things that were just fun things that, that I hadn't thought about things like how to set a table or things that she did that she was good at that she would um, show me how to do. But she also had so much knowledge about scripture and was a very godly example for me. And I could just ask her about anything. It was just a need I had in my life at that time. And I was hungry. I had great home life too, but it's like God just put others in my life to come along and help me right when I needed it. Uh, being a very insecure and uh, hungry teenage girl looking for answers and then learning um after that day that I prayed and placed my faith in Christ, mm-hmm. I learned that, okay, not only am I, you know, eternally secure here, I'm going to live forever in heaven with God. I have a relationship with him. I didn't realize that even when I, you know, became a Christian and I thought, this is amazing. And I could not get enough of it. And I wanted to study and look at what does scripture say about, well, who am I? And, and God has a plan for me. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I want to know this and his purpose. I was so hungry. Mm-hmm. And God put um, Donna in my life and, and others too, to kind of guide me along with that. It was just a tremendous time in my life. I love that. Mm-hmm. And and Chad, yeah. he was your boyfriend and yes. then became your husband. And yes. you guys married kind of young, like yeah. still in college. So. Yes, I was um, uh, 19. He was 20. Um, I had completed two years of college and he, you know, three years. And uh, so, yeah, we were. We were young, but we'd already been together you I know, love it. a long time, you know. So uh, we, yeah, we've lived most of our lives and together, grown up. actually, you really pretty much. grown yes, up together, much, and yes. I love that. Uh-huh. Um, well, this is something that, and in, in that intro that I gave um, about you, introducing you, just listeners, by the way, that wasn't really something that Paula told me to say, but when I said that she is passionate about being a minister of the gospel everywhere she goes, that's that's how I see Paula. That's how I've always seen you. And hearing your story brings like connect so many dots because and we can talk more about just some ways you've done this but you you literally are a woman um you just you take people in you take care of them spiritually physically you've had people stay with you live with you come over for a dinner i mean just anything you name it and you have done it you've met people um in the grocery store at the gas station at target you know i just love all the stories you've told me from our years of really cool god stories and and they're not necessarily stories that you can even tell because they're not really your stories. It's just God lets you be a part of them for a minute. But you are so faithful to just take notice of what's going on around you. And then the Holy Spirit leads you to 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 participate in whatever way you can. And so hearing your story, I feel like that's such a part of how God, what he did for you. You know, you're talking about Kelly taking you to mm-hmm. church, spending the night, and you just got to be a part of her family life. And then Donna... Mm-hmm. You know, and then you mentioned other women in the church. So yes. I would love for you to share just for a few minutes about that whole, that process. Like, is that what it was? You know, is that kind of what prompted that in you? Um, and then what are some ways that God has nudged you in your everyday life? And you don't have to give, you know, details that aren't yours to share. But I just know there have been so many times that God has nudged you in something that seems small. And then it turns out like a turning point for somebody's life. And oh, wow. it's really yeah. cool. Well, yes, um, absolutely. Donna's influence and others um, in my life at that time, completely, I can look back on it now and see God's fingerprints there. And Mm -hmm. something began to grow inside of me. A seed was put in my heart that I want to go and do this for others. I Mm -hmm. see how much this has impacted me. And if I don't get to do this for others, I'm going to burst. You know, that's, that's, you know, when you've experienced God's love, when he has lavished himself on you um, as a believer, you can't not go and do the same. You have to, mm-hmm. it's just in you and it, and it needs to come out um, when you see a life changed forever. I mean, it comes from him. It's his grace that does that. But what happened for me, I actually, uh, when I was in high school around my junior year, I attended a leadership camp. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd never been to anything like that. Didn't ever go to church camp growing up at all. Um, and it was at that camp where I was discipled and poured into where I, I had a lot of time alone with the Lord and he nudged my heart. And I expressed this to um, one of the leaders there. I said, I think I'm supposed to do this with my life. Mm. And he explained that to me. It sounds like God is calling you to ministry, a life of ministry. I was like, yes, this is all I want to do. And so back then, um, I was affirmed and encouraged by adults um, that I wanted to pursue ministry, whatever that looked yeah. like. I didn't know. And especially as a, as a woman or as right. a female, I'm like, what does this mean or what does this look like? For me, what, what ended up happening is I had many opportunities uh, in that church, and then we ended, I ended up moving to a larger church that had a bigger youth group and, and more opportunities for leadership. I was able to be a youth intern for a while. Um, I felt called to want to help teenagers, even mm-hmm. as a teenager. It's kind mm-hmm. of interesting. Um, and as a young person, and so I, I began to pursue that as a lay person just in the church. And um, when I went to college, um, I went to college, I wanted to be a teacher, and God showed me that. At first, I thought little kids, but teenagers. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be around teenagers. So I ended up uh, going to college. And after graduating, I taught middle school for six years um, and loved it and loved being in and around them. I also, um, Chad and I, after being married, together served um, in our youth um, department. We were the seventh grade Sunday school teachers for a long time. I did girls. He did boys. And um, I remember when I did that, it's like I came to life. Mm-hmm. I just, when I get around a, a girl, you know, middle school, high school, whatever, I just, something happens. I can't explain. So it was, there was this seed in me, this calling I knew to be doing this with my life. And, um, so into my twenties and, and as I was teaching, I was doing this really interestingly, I attended, um, 
that same leadership camp, but as a leader, as a worker. And when I attended that as a leader, I was working with seniors. There was this really, really sweet time of uh, praise and worship time before all the students got there where we were praying for them. We Mm. were able to pray ahead of time, literally sitting in some of the seats that they were going to sit in. A sweet time to be alone with the Lord. And I remember having a conversation with God and just praying and talking to Him. And my heart began to nudge. And and I felt the Lord reminding me, you know, almost as if He was saying, do you remember what I called you to? And I just began to cry. And I said, yes, yes, I do. You know, these are the words that came to my mind and in my heart. And He said, I want you to take care of those girls. And I just said, yes, I will do this. I will do this. And I thought that meant I needed to go home and I was going to look to do vocational ministry is Mm -hmm. what I was looking to do. I even spoke with the education pastor at our church for accountability. And I wanted to go back to college. And through my 20s, I was really seeking after uh, my calling. Like, what God, what are you calling me to do with my life for Mm -hmm. your for your kingdom, you know, for your namesake. And that year was very interesting. I could just keep on going and telling you what happens next, but what was the second part of your question, actually? <laughs> no, you're Sorry. fine. No, you're okay. doing you're doing perfect. I was yeah, this is totally what I was asking. Okay. It was just how um okay. how your past has led you to where you are today right. and the way that God has wired you to do that. Yes. And then if you want to share some of the cool stories and okay. ways that God has. Well, what's really interesting is through all of those years, I had the opportunity um, through the school where I was teaching, I was able to build relationships with my students and their families. A lot of the parents, um, it was just a tremendous opportunity to live life with them and uh, to be able to encourage and bring hope into the lives of of some that otherwise wouldn't know it. Um, mm-hmm. I I love how God opened that door uh, with so many for me to be able to share and talk to them. Even um, some families, because I knew them well, were completely comfortable with. Sometimes their kids would even come to church, mm-hmm. you know, and we had that relationship. It was incredible. So I took it very seriously, you know, wanting to really um, give my life to this. Right after surrendering to that um, is when I found that following fall is when I found out I was pregnant. And then while I was pregnant, um, the plan was I was I was going to be able to um, quit teaching. And my church was excited and looking for they were hoping to hire a female youth associate, actually, mm-hmm. like my dream job. I was yeah. like, oh, my goodness, everything was falling into place and working out great. And we were also excited. And uh, what was really exciting is Chad was able to get a new job with a new company. And um, it was going to provide for us in such a way that I could do this. Mm -hmm. Everything was just falling into place. And then um, at the end of that school year in May, Claire was due in August. I remember Chad coming home one day and saying, we had an interesting meeting at work today. And I just could tell the look on his face. I thought, what does this mean? We learned that the company he was with was moving headquarters to Oklahoma City. All our family was right there where we were living. It was where we had been raised. Life was perfect. This didn't make any sense. We're like, what? We began to pray. We sought the Lord. And um, it was very clear this was God's path for us. Mm -hmm. And so um, in a very short amount of time, we found ourselves looking at houses in Oklahoma City. Uh, Claire was born in August. We actually moved to Oklahoma City in September. Um, And I thought, where does ministry and this call and I was supposed to be working at my church and all this, this doesn't make any sense, but we trusted him completely with it. We knew he was in it um, as we sought him in prayer. Um, what's really neat is uh, once we got to Oklahoma city, it was rough. It was really rough. Yeah. Um, some unexpected things happened that I'd never experienced before. You know, you have, um, I quit my job. We had stepped away from our uh, ministry from community Everything we had ever known and moved to a foreign land. That's what we consider Oklahoma, <laughs> the foreign land. Um, I didn't know anybody there. We had no family, no one. Um, I had an unex- I had an unplanned C-section with Claire. I got an infection after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were just all these things that happened. And then I found myself in this place and I fell into some postpartum depression. Mm-hmm. And that was rough because I didn't recognize it. I'd never mm-hmm. struggled with those kinds of feelings. So um, that road was really hard, you know, trying to understand this dark place I was in when right before I had been in this exciting place of mm-hmm. hope and, and dreams being fulfilled. Where are you in this, God? This makes mm-hmm. no sense. Well, of course, he was in it the whole way through. Mm-hmm. But in the moment, you don't see that. You don't know. it. How did he walk you through that season? Because, you know, here you are in a brand new city. I don't even think you guys had... Mm-hmm fully found a church yet. You were visiting, you didn't have your community around you and you didn't have your family around you. And so what did that look like? 
It was basically a, a grieving time. I can yeah. say that now, looking yeah. back, I didn't know. I thought, what is wrong with me? Why do I have these feelings? I've, I've, things that I was interested in before that seemed exciting weren't exciting anymore. I just had no no motivation for anything, and I just felt so empty and kind of lost and no direction. And what am I doing? I had this precious new baby. Claire was the bright spot for me. Any depression I had really was not even geared toward her, which is unusual. A lot of women, uh, it comes, it manifests itself in so many different ways and different women. But for me, I just felt lost and that led to anxiety, honestly. Mm. And really for me, the anxiety side of it was heavier than the depression even, but Mm. they, they're a, they go together. It's kind of a beast, you know, but what helped, what helped me was first of all, I had a lot of my, my head knowledge and history of walking with the Lord, even though my heart at that time was wounded Mm -hmm. and I, I didn't feel like reading my Bible. I didn't even feel like praying. I was tired. I was exhausted. Even the thought of trying to have mental energy to do any of that, I didn't. But I had, I did have my history, my knowledge of the Lord, and I held on to that. And even though I didn't feel it, I chose to believe um, His mm-hmm. promises were true in, in Scripture. And as much as I could, I did stay um, trying to read His Word. But immediately I knew the most important thing I could do was find community. And we knew we needed to find community through the local church. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we began visiting churches and looking for our place and looking for our home. Mm-hmm. And it honestly was through people. God put some women in my path. Um, I was invited to an impromptu zoo date. Um, and it just so happened to be I showed up and there were all these moms lined up, um, like 10 moms um, waiting for me. And they were from all over the city coming mm-hmm. together for this big mom play date. And a handful of them happened to be from uh, Council Road. Mm. And um, I got to talking to them. I think we walked that zoo for hours <laughs> all day. And I made friends. And they invited me to church. Mm. And I said, yes. <laughs> I found my people. I wanted to come. So God put some people into my life who ministered to me, encouraged me, were there, just there yeah. um, to let me know I'm not alone. And just holding on to his word, sometimes even just having in my pocket. Yeah. Um, I had um, a woman that I met at Council Road who said, keeping your pocket little cards with some mm-hmm. key verses and just get them out and read them. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you look like a crazy person. <laughs> read them in there. That was, that was so Gosh. important. So finding community was so important. It didn't take it all away right at once, yeah. but it was, it was a process and it did lift. It did go away as I began. It's like our life began to rebuild in this new place. And we began to see mm-hmm. where God had a plan and a purpose. I do want to say this. Okay. Something very important. A lesson I learned in that time that was around 2006 into 2007 that we moved. Claire was a baby. Um, Cole, my second um, kiddo was born in 2008. And it was after 2008, uh, I revisited that familiar group after having him. I'd healed from my postpartum, was doing great, got pregnant with him, had him. And then it was all this like familiar, you know, feelings, the hormones and lack of sleep kind of triggered all of that again. And it happened to be a time of year when um, the combination of with Chad's job and then also he traveled a lot um, for hunting. He was, Mm -hmm. you know, he would go hunting or be out of town for things. Um, I just found myself kind of revisiting that lonely feeling. And I remember feeling like abandoned and all alone because I had to be alone a lot. But I remember God ministering to me himself. There were many walks when Claire was a baby all by myself and all I had was Jesus. And I would walk my neighborhood and I would pray and talk out loud. Mm-hmm. And I mean to tell you, that was a season when Jesus became my best friend mm-hmm. because he's all I had. And it was because when I realized, you know, he's all I had, he's all I wanted. Mm-hmm. Well, then fast forward to Cole and I was like, oh, here we go again. And it was hard. And I remember, uh, I remember I slipped into the wrong thinking of putting it on my husband mm. and feeling some anger and some frustration and bitterness and thinking, you know, uh, why isn't he, and you fill in the blank. We, mm. we as wives do this all the time. Yeah. You know, it's such an easy thing to slip into. We compare or we think, um, if only they did this or they ought to, whatever. Mm. And God began to speak to my heart and show me. And really, I can remember being in my bedroom one day, looking out the window, just spending some time with the Lord and letting him, you know, speak to me. And he said, you know, realizing I'm the only one who can satisfy your deepest needs. Why would you ever expect any man to do what only I can do for you? Even the best man, the best Mm -hmm. person you could think of will disappoint you or let you down because they're human and they're flawed and, and sinful. I mean, we all are, but only God will never let us down and disappoint us. And that moment when I began to realize that my expectations were completely misplaced, not reasonable at all. When I began to realize that God was the one who was going to meet my deepest needs, 
wow, there was freedom in that. Mm. And then from there, that ushered in a moment when um, I can remember driving in my car with my babies in the <laughs> back, you know, in Oklahoma City. I think I was driving past Target, I remember. And I was like, God, why did you move me here? Mm. I'm like, why am I here? Ministry stuff wasn't quite working out. Um, I was involved in adult ministry. I was like, I want to, I thought I was called the teenagers and I should be doing all of this. And it's almost, um, I mean, God doesn't speak audibly to us, but in my heart, I, I heard him say to me, say to me, what makes you think I moved you here for you? Ouch. <laughs> I had these horrible ingrown eyeballs. I was all about me that we moved to Oklahoma for me. The reason this is important is because what happened was God began to direct me to humble my heart. Oh my goodness. To humble my heart and direct me to get, to get quiet, step out of the way and start thinking about others, starting with my husband, mm. which is what I should be doing. And um, that ushered in a season where God began to, he, he was healing me and fixing me, getting me out of the way. Mm. And meanwhile, he was doing a tremendous work in Chad's life. And, um, together, because of that, we began to together grow like in a, into a deeper, more intimate place with the Lord and doors opened that I never dreamed would happen where me, the, I'm always the one who had been leading and doing ministry and Chad was always supportive. Chad began to step up into this leadership and into these roles at our church and even in our home that blew my mind. I can look back. I'm like, because of my obedience to get quiet. And cl- I mean, literally, I felt like there was a season I needed to be quiet. Yeah. I'm not quiet. I'm yeah. a talking girl. I, you know, I talk a lot. I got quiet. And it's There was room. There was mm-hmm. room made for him to do what God made him to do. So that began a season um, of richness and beauty where we began to lean into working for the Lord again and growing in our walk with him. Mm-hmm. I love that example. Mm-hmm. And you know that We've learned over the years that if the women will carry the conversation, then many men are great with that. They will they will sit back and listen, and they will be happy to be there, and they will just be happy that they're not having to talk. And of course, there this isn't all you know. One hundred percent of the time, there are those men who love to talk and love to be a part of the, the conversation. But we we always talk about this how on the surface you were the natural leader in the family. You were a teacher, like legitimately got paid to be a teacher. Um, and then you were a homeschool mom. So you're still in this leading and teaching and you are always learning and you're a reader and you're, you know, you're amassing all this knowledge and information and you're super passionate for God. And you felt a call to ministry as a teenager. So, I mean, all the checks in the box. So on the surface, you seem like the more natural leader. Uh, and I will also say partnering with Chad to lead doesn't diminish your part of, at all too. Mm-hmm. Like you still are a natural leader in that. Mm-hmm. Um, however, we just watched God calling Chad to lead and calling him to step up. And it was really fun to see that as soon as you, as you said, you got quiet, literally like not talking. I remember you telling me one time you were in the kitchen getting the snacks ready and it was about time to start group. And typically you would go in there and say, Hey guys, we're glad you're here. We're getting started. And, and you can correct me if I'm telling it wrong, but how I remember it is you said, the Lord clearly spoke to your heart and said, just sit in here. And you heard Chad just start leading the group. And that's exactly what happened. And if you had seen me, my eyes were as big as saucers looking down and I just didn't say a word. I was like, wow, like, listen, and what was coming out of him. I was like, wow, um, just incredible. And that was only the beginning, the man that he has grown into to be, um, how he leads us now. I just, my mind is blown. He is amazing. He leads us so well. He is the shepherd of our home and a church he leads and he teaches. Um, I love sitting under his teaching. I can remember uh, last Christmas he was going through his notes because he was going to teach our Sunday school lesson. He went through the whole thing and just running it over with me. And it was just the two of us. And I remember in that moment, like I was about ready to cry because I was like, that's, I mean, it really impacted me. The lesson it was so, yeah. so good. So he has just amazing. He's grown. But um, one thing I, that we use a little tagline through that season of coming out of um, just that, place of uh, bitterness way back, you know, here where I was and then stepping into us growing together. Um, Chad and I have learned that if we were to give marriage advice to anybody, mm-hmm. we use this line, give space and grace, leave room for them to not be perfect, mm-hmm. leave room for them to make mistakes. Uh, sure. We give each other room to not be perfect yeah. and to get it wrong. Okay. Sure. And lots and lots of grace for that. Chad has done that for me so much. I would definitely say that he has been God's chosen instrument in my in my life to minister to me, to build my confidence and to help me 
to help me run to the things that I know God has called me to do. Um, I struggle with insecurity mm-hmm. a lot. I mean, you know, all of us do, but I mean, boy, mm-hmm. there are times I'm shaking in my boots. I, I don't want to do anything. I'm too afraid, you know, but he has given me confidence um, to be, to do what, what I need to do because I know it's okay if I mess up. It's mm-hmm. okay if I don't get it right. In fact, when you give space and grace, you're leaving room for the Lord to do the work. Yeah. Um, so say goodbye to the, you know, that Holy Spirit wife, you know, yes. that was, I definitely, I'm guilty of that from like our early years. God taught me that's, oh, that's just not my place. That's not our place, mm-hmm. ladies. Not at all. We have got to get out of the way and let mm-hmm. God do the work. It's not us, you know, mm-hmm. um, God will use us, but uh, leave room, space and grace mm-hmm. for sure. It's a good picture of that cord of three strands. You know, yes. when you, just like it says in Ecclesiastes uh, 4, 9, I believe, but, you know, when your marriage consists of you and your husband and the Lord, you know, you guys are both pursuing Christ, spurring each other on. To me, I think it's a picture of, especially mm-hmm. just hearing you talk about you and Chad, it's like two people grabbing hands mm-hmm. and going into the world together and you're yes. stronger and you're better together yes. rather than feeling threatened by each other's gifts or feeling like it's a competition or mm-hmm. that that's your role and that's my role. You know, that when you work together and you give him that space and that grace, it doesn't diminish your role at all or it doesn't discount your role in the home. It actually allows God to make both of you like fully who he wants you to be then you're that powerful team together for him and, and your gifts complement one another. Every couple can do yes. that, you know, not yes. just you and Chad, Like we are made, um, God put us with the people that he put us with for a reason. And he wants us to be powerful forces for the kingdom, you know, and when we give each other that room to grow and, and that freedom to make mistakes and then get back up again. And when we truly just grab hands and, and work together, it's a beautiful picture. Oh, absolutely. Really I is. agree completely. It really is. Well, we did talk about your, I would say mission mindedness, you know, as long as I've known you, the phrase relational evangelism just comes to my mind. And that was before that was even a thing. I think there's mm-hmm. probably like books about it now. Our missional living is kind of a tagline, but, mm-hmm. but I've watched you do that. And we've referenced that already just in the way that you just come around people and you get involved in their lives. And, and I think it's interesting just the direction this conversation has taken, because when I asked you just to share, like, what is it that makes you want to reach out? And what came to your mind and your heart was the journey that God has taken you on specifically. And that's so true. What is going on in our hearts is the outpour. Like what's going to come mm-hmm. out of us is what God's already doing. And so, you know, you talked about how you were on this journey. You were ready for ministry full time. Mm-hmm. You were going to be on church staff. And then suddenly God jerks you guys over here mm-hmm. and brings you to Oklahoma. New baby, new job, staying at home versus working. Mm-hmm. Then you experienced the, the emotions of postpartum that you've never experienced before. Then you allowed community to pour into you mm-hmm. to fill you up. Out of that overflow, you began pouring into your marriage. I know because I've watched mm-hmm. you. You began pouring into countless people's lives. Mm-hmm. I can't even count the number of people that I know that you have I mean, even just pulling aside in the hallway at church and giving encouragement mm-hmm. to someone, sitting after class and talking for an hour. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, just that's what you do. And so I love the picture that you are. And even the way it came out of you was like, well, this is who I am. But who you are is because of what God's done in you. Yes. And that's really the story of all of us. We just take what God has given us, mm-hmm. our experiences, what we've been through, what he's poured into us. And and if as we tip over, mm-hmm. that's what comes out. Yes. But you've also always been a woman who I respect and admire this so much. And I, I think that it's becoming a little bit more common, but still not super common. But you've been vulnerable. Mm-hmm. You, to me, have been a friend who's always been willing to share your stuff. When God's working on you on something, when you're struggling, just like with your postpartum, but even mm-hmm. when you feel like there's a sin that's kind of taken root and you feel mm-hmm. like the Lord's pulling on it. You've been very wise. Now, you're not one that just like airs your dirty laundry everywhere, everywhere. Mm-hmm. You've been wise with who you've gone to, mm-hmm. but you have invited me in multiple times on mm-hmm. those things, asked mm-hmm. me to pray for things, just shared yeah. with me what God's doing. And I would love it if you would share with our listeners why you think it's important to open ourselves up like that. To the, I mean, it's uncomfortable when God oh, highlights yeah. a sin wow. in our life. It's uncomfortable yes. when he shows yes, us a is. stronghold. Yeah. But why is that so important to um, you? Because that's when the real work happens. When we get real and when we really deal with our junk, um, that's when that's when there's heart change. Yeah. And if we hide that, if we conceal it, if we fight it, if we try to ignore it, act like it's not there, we're just going to fester in it. We're not going to grow. We're not going to overcome those strongholds either. And, you know, we're called to live in biblical community. And part of that is 
that we encourage, we exhort, we admonish each other. Mm. We, uh, we pray for one another. We lift each other up. We don't condemn one another. We hold each other accountable, but it has to be done in love. Mm. The reason I'm passionate about it is because I've been on the receiving end of that. Mm. Um, a couple of different times, um, two really great examples before we moved from Texas to Oklahoma, there were about six weeks. Claire was a newborn baby. We didn't move until she was six weeks old. And I was in this weird place. I didn't know what was wrong. I couldn't even identify what was wrong with me. I didn't even know. And I remember going one day into a bookstore and I felt kind of literally just in this fog and loss. And I was just on the brink of crying at any moment. I was a mess. <laughs> and this, um, a girl who I'd known from a long time ago from church, I hadn't seen her in years, just walked up to me. She was like, are you okay? And I remember in that moment, I just looked at her, I was like, no, no, I'm not. It was just the strangest mm. thing I just began to tell her. And she was amazing. She said, you need to come to church with me tonight. That we were having a women's event. Mm. She bought me a book. She said, read this book. <laughs> and she was just, she immediately saw the need. Mm. Um, she was my sister in Christ tending to me. Mm. She Nothing else mattered. She didn't know she was going to see me that day. Yeah. And so I went to this women's ministry event just so happened, of course, that the talk that night, the person who was speaking came and spoke, was speaking on depression. Mm. I'm like, well, that was timely. I'm sitting there. And at the end of this service, they said, if there's anybody here tonight who you're just, you're, you need prayer, mm. would you stand up? Well, that's something that takes a lot of courage to stand up in front of everybody because you pray. But you know what? I was such a mess. I just didn't care. Mm. I don't think I'd even showered in like two days. I was <laughs> like a mess, literally. And I stood up, they, these sweet ladies came over and they directed me over just to a side room and about four or five ladies surrounded me. We sat in chairs. They began to talk to me and ask me mm. my name and they just prayed for me. I didn't even know them really mm. well. I can't even tell you what that did for me, but because I was willing to be vulnerable, these women came and surrounded me and just prayed over me. It affected me so much when I got to Oklahoma City and I was in a better place and Claire was even still little. I don't know if she was, she was still a toddler or younger. I remember going to the mall one day by myself. I was there in the little play area where all the little yeah. ones like toddler all over and nobody else was around yet because the mall had just opened and there was this woman sitting there on a bench and I just looked over and we began to kind of talk and there was something in me that I could tell she wasn't right that mm -hmm. day and we just began to have conversation and she began to open up to me a little bit about going through some crisis in her marriage and she had this little one and I said, can I just pray for you? I didn't know her. I don't even know if she's a Christian or a believer, if that was weird to her or not. I just wanted to love on her that way. And she mm -hmm. said, yes. And I did. I prayed for her that day. So because I had been affected by mm -hmm. others and made myself vulnerable, it made me bold to do the same for somebody else. And um, to take that mask off and to be real and to be authentic. One other time that happened. Can I share this? Absolutely. Okay. Fast forward a little bit. Um, so the new community and the new church I was at was just um, tremendous. I made these new friends. We were in a small group and the women in this group, all of us just connected right away. We were all in the same season of life. We had babies. We had littles. And I remember we had a chance to go on a retreat together mm -hmm. and um, have time away from the kids. Blah, blah. You know, it was like, <laughs> we were like, we're free. We're doing yes. something fun. And it was an overnight trip and we got to do a little bit of shopping even. It was, it was just fun and we got to be with each other and minister to each other. But, um, I just remember that, that particular trip was amazing because one person opened up and was able to say, I remember one night, um, guys, I need prayer for this thing and was just honest. Mm. And what I loved was when she was open about what she needed prayer for, a struggle that she was having, the response. Everybody, all of us, the little group, everybody immediately, we began to encourage and talk to her and we prayed for her. Mm. There was no judging. There was no condemnation. Mm -hmm. There was no, oh, really? You're dealing with that? Sorry. No, mm -hmm. it was just, well, we need to pray for you. And then we followed up with her and helped. And I knew from that moment on, I could talk to any of those women. Mm -hmm. If I was struggling with something of uh, sin of any sort, I could go to them. And they would pray for me and love me. They weren't going to judge me. They weren't going to talk about me. They weren't going to treat me, you know, differently. Uh, just being real. How can we not mm. live this way? Absolutely. You know? So that, those are two examples mm. of why I think being vulnerable is so important. I could give you a bunch more. <laughs> I keep thinking of them right now in my head. On the flip side of it, like uh, through mentoring. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we haven't talked about it yet, but yes. do you remember all those years ago when, when God was said, I want you to take care of those girls. Yes. Little did I know, I thought where I was living, it was, yes. you know, those young ladies I was working with. I, I also was mentoring at a, a pregnancy center back then. 
them also. So I thought, yes, this is where I'm supposed to be. Well, God immediately flipped our world upside down and got us to yeah. Oklahoma. At this church, I met um, for the first time in 2007, Kathy Beckman. Mm-hmm. Kathy Beckman is the founder and visionary behind House of Healing. House of Healing works with teenage girls ages 13 to 17, help girls with need of a fresh start and put their feet on firm ground, offering the hope that we have in Christ. I heard her story and what she was doing, and I thought, huh, maybe I should be a part of that. But I didn't pursue it back then. That's when I was still, you know, God was dealing with my heart. Fast forward to 2011, after God had ministered to me so much through my community and my my the women in my life and women's Bible study and all of that going on, and I heard Kathy again, and I mm. thought, I'm supposed to be a part of this amount. I met with Kathy. Um, long story short, I became a part of House of Healing in 2011. I started simply by actually serving on the board, mm-hmm. which was a totally new role. I'd always worked with teenage girls and mentored and taught, but this was new, and God used that completely. But Kathy and I began to be good friends and real. We've recognized each other. We're like, mm. we see a hot heart when we mm-hmm. know one. And we both were passionate about helping young women. Well, from there, we, uh, a few years later, we uh, were able to launch and uh, we developed and launched a mentor program for these girls. And I remember on the, uh, probably our second semester that we did this, we would have, we had, I think maybe 10 girls eight to 10 girls, and we would pair a woman with each girl um, as a mentor. And we met for six weeks as a group first to start it. And I remember that that particular session, um, I started the group out by sharing my story Mm -hmm. and talking to them. And then the other mentors shared their stories. And we would just talk and be very vulnerable and open with these girls. Immediately, the atmosphere would go from like, why am I here? All these girls are just kind of sitting here and we don't know each other. To just completely relaxed and comfortable. And they just began to gab, 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 and talk, talk, talk. And they wanted to know everything and ask us questions and talk. It broke down the walls and the barriers. And I remember one girl even saying this. And this is what I think about the mentoring relationship. This is what I really believe. But she said um, she didn't want to be there. When she first came in, this particular girl was kind of sitting sloppy in her chair with her art, her you know shoulder kind of cocked. And like, I don't want to be here. And kind of had that look on her face. Like, I'm not saying anything. And I'm just here. Because mom suggested it. I don't know. Um, and afterwards, by the end, she was all lit up and talking. And I happened to hear within earshot, everybody was talking afterwards. Mom, her mom had come in and said, well, how was it? And I heard her say, mom, it's like therapy, but better is what she said. And I was like, that is when we get together intentionally mm-hmm. living life together and we take the mask off. Mm-hmm. Man, that's where work can be done. You know, yeah. that's heart surgery, really, is what's going on. So that's my last story. On that no. Point, but, well, this yeah. you are here to tell your stories, Paula. <laughs> yeah, I have lots of stories. <laughs> and I'm glad that that one naturally came up because yes. as I'm sitting across from you, even though I know your story well, I couldn't help but think about how cool it was that God had planted that seed for ministry, even planted the seed, take care of the girls. And then he, he moves you here. Mm-hmm. It would have been easy for you to sit and say, well, I guess there's nothing for me here, like, or to wait on mm-hmm. the girls' ministry job, you know, exactly. quotes, or the full time church vocational paid staff job, right. you know. But what I saw and continue to see in you is a heart that's on mission everywhere you go. So whether it's a mom at the mall, or ladies at the zoo, or someone standing in the hallway at church, or a next door neighbor, a person mm-hmm. at Target, I mean, I could go on and on. Like, you see a need, and no matter if it's a teenage girl or a grown woman, you allow the Holy Spirit to work through you to meet that need. And you did say that teenagers energize you. And I do think there is a lot to be said. Like there are just certain ministries that just get us jazzed. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you know, you just, I'm the same way. I mean, there's just, it's, it's a wiring. It's the way God has made us. Mm-hmm. And if you're living or you're working in that space with how he's made you, you just can't help it. You yes. know, you get excited. It's like, what would you do with the rest of your life? Money was no object. Right. You could just do whatever for, what free. Do for free. Yeah. yeah like what would you do? Yes. You know, when you're doing a thing that just comes so naturally, mm-hmm. I believe that's, you know, your uniquely beautiful story. It's your wiring. It's your mm-hmm. gifting. It's how God has made you. And so, yes, with teenagers, there is something different. They really, you really do. You relate to them so well. You walk with them so well. And, and I do affirm that in you, but I just love that you didn't sit around waiting on God to do that one thing mm-hmm. that you didn't box him in to reach out to the girls, take care of the girls. That's what he said. So I'll just sit here and wait. Yeah. You, know, you were actively partnering with him. It's the whole years and years ago. So date me, but 
There was a Bible study that a lot of um, college students did called Experiencing God by Henry Blackaby. Yeah, okay, so see, we're both old. um, (laughs) But, you know, the tagline is so perfect because he simply just says, find out where God's at work and join him. Yes, yes. And and I see that. Yes, I love it. Actually, uh, back right after I became a believer, that study was what, when I did that particular study, that was the thing that explained to me that God has a plan for my life, that I could know his will. And understanding relationship that that is what started things for me. Actually, mm-hmm. I love that you brought that study yeah. up. And it is I use that phrase all the time. I mm-hmm. want to, you know, join God where he's already at work mm-hmm. because he is, you know, just jump in there. Something that I would encourage um, other women, regardless if it's teenagers mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever the thing is, your thing is to figure that out. Um, if you can imagine a picture like this, imagine a diagonal line and on that diagonal line, it's labeled um, the divine imperative. Okay. In other words, God's command to believers of what, what we are called to do, be doing. And that's, that's to be um, his ambassadors, to carry mm-hmm. the gospel mm-hmm. um, to the world and into dark places. Okay. So whatever that divine imperative, where it intersects, imagine mm-hmm. another diagonal line that's going the other direction where they intersect. The other line, that is the thing that you love, things that you enjoy, things that you're passionate about. Where those two things intersect, imagine a, like a big explosion almost. And I'm going to quote my dear friend, um, Kara who this is her saying, I love this, but that's your jamba juice. <laughs> that is what energizes you. And that for me, it's when I work with, you know, teenagers or young women. Mm-hmm. And I'm finding as I get older, you know, women's <laughs> yeah. ministry, honestly, I mean, just yeah. women. I just love mentoring, mm-hmm. helping those coming along. That's that's where uh, that's where you camp out. That's mm-hmm. where you need to live. Find that jamba juice, whatever that is. And I guess it's mm-hmm. kind of what you said, what you would do for free, whatever yeah. that thing is. Um, that's, that's where you need to live. That's, um, energizing. Yeah. It's your Mm -hmm. uniquely beautiful wiring. And it's like when you were doing that picture to me sitting across from you, I could see with my eyes, it's like an X. So it's almost like that center of the X is like what God has created you to do. And sometimes I think we make it a lot more difficult than it really is to find quote that, you know, purpose to find our meaning, to find what God has for us. And, and that's why I'm such a lover of stories. Cause I think Mm -hmm. when we sit and we listen to somebody's Mm -hmm. story, to me, and maybe this is just how my brain is wired, but to me, it always feels and sounds very obvious. I'm mm-hmm. like, well, Paula was mentored and ministered to as a teenage girl, and you were poured into by all these people, and you were invited into homes, and you were loved as you were. And you were, I remember years ago, you telling me stories about how, you know, Mike and Donna, you're now in-laws, mm-hmm. you know, like you were just a teenage girl who hadn't been raised in the church. And so there'd be times that you'd maybe wear something kind of inappropriate or say something kind of, you know, out there. And they'd just be like lovingly like, Hey, we're just going to tell you. And they would just share truth with you in a loving way. And you're like, Oh, okay. I'm, this is new. You know, I mean, we've all been there. They loved me right where I was, you know, I was just me and they accepted me and they discipled me and loved me. Um, And I want to do that. That's who you are. And you live that out. Yeah, I want to meet people and just say, um, you know, come as you are, you know, I mean, we, we meet each other where we're at. And my, my heart is that when I come along to mentor somebody for them, not to stay the same, you know, for us to change. And, you know, as we're sharing and talking about all this, um, there are some verses and scriptures that are, that are special to me. Um, that are, some of them are scriptures that are quoted a lot that, you know, we, you know, as believers say, but there's a reason for that. And they're good. One of my lifelong verses and favorites is Romans 12, one and two. And I think of this um, in light of what we were just saying about not staying the same. Yeah. But it says, I urge you, therefore, uh, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. This is your spiritual act of worship. Yeah. And it says, do not any longer conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Okay. Then you will be able um, to attest of God's will, his good, perfect, and pleasing will. And I thought that's been my lifelong journey is, is learning how to not, not conform to the patterns of the world, but be transformed, yeah. to be changed, awesome. you know, by the renewing of my mind. Mm-hmm. And that happens through the word, spending time in the word. It happens through spending time with other believers, yeah. um, being in true biblical community. I'm a huge champion of that. And I think it's so important. It really breaks my heart that I'm seeing increasingly that there's so many people that think, ah, I don't really need to go to church. Believers even. Yeah. I can do church at home. I can just listen um, to this message online. You know, and it's true. You can. I mean, technology makes it to where we could do that. It's so isolating and it removes that element that is 
very scriptural, that we are to live life together. Mm-hmm. We are to gather as the assembly. The saints are to come together. And for all these reasons that I'm sharing, all these stories, these things, you know, would not have happened if I had not been living with other believers, mm-hmm. even if it's just once a week that I'm, you know, a touch a week that I'm meeting with them, mm-hmm. um, hopefully more. Yeah. You know? So. Yeah. But you have to be in it. You yeah. have to be living it and yes. being vulnerable. And you've done that. Mm-hmm. You know, you've... Yeah. You've not only opened yourself up to God and his plan, but mm-hmm. you've opened yourself up to other people. Yes. And and that's, I mean, honestly, it's just simple. Mm-hmm. It's it's a simple concept, but, you know, it takes intentionality to live out, but it's just a simple concept. And, and God's plan for you is going to look different than his plan for another woman. But that's because she's living in a different place with a different sphere of influence and different passions and that X, you know, in her yes. heart, the thing that gets yes. her excited, like... But the the common denominator is just all of us just leaning into that. That is. I would speak to this as well, that um, in light of that, sometimes I think as believers, as Christians, we think, um, oh, well, if God's going to use me, I have to do something really big, Mm -hmm. like move to Africa, you know, Mm -hmm. or, you know, be, you know, go overseas and do missions work, which is very important. And God does call specific Mm -hmm. people to do that. But I can remember early on God in his kindness. Oh, he was so kind to show me this. That he wanted to use me right where I was at. And that's true of all of us. Right where, wherever you yeah. are, that's your sphere of influence. And we mm. do have influence. And whether you, whatever season you're in, whether you're, you know, working and you're out in the workforce in the marketplace, whether you're a college student or maybe you're a stay at home mom or a, you know, crazy of all crazies, a homeschool mom, you know, <laughs> and you find yourself in this place. God puts you right where you are. Whoever he does put in your path, take advantage of that. Be intentional. Yeah. Pay attention. Look up. Yeah. Um, and, and use the resources that he has given you, uh, to be kingdom minded, you know, yeah. be kingdom minded wherever you are, whether yeah. it's, you know, in America or abroad or wherever, or at our church that we're at now, it's here, there and everywhere. That's what we <laughs> say all the time. I love it. Oh my gosh. I love it. Yeah. Well, this, this conversation uh-huh. has been just getting to talk with you, just getting to be with you as our listeners probably can hear. We're both so like-hearted in how we want to live our lives. And, and so our, you know, divine intersection is very similar. Mm-hmm. And so talking to like-hearted women like you, it just gets me so excited and, and just gives me hope for the, the culture of vulnerability that I think we're is being created around us and that we're getting to be a part of. I think that, I, I think it's just becoming easier for them to get involved in each other's lives. And that, I feel like there's more taking the mask off. There's more being real and help, you know, carrying each other's burdens. And I hope that's not just, you know, in my sphere of the world or from my perspective. I hope that that's really the way that things are moving because mm-hmm. I, I see a lot more of that. And and I think, like you said, when people get real, mm-hmm. then the Lord is able to do so many beautiful things. Yes. So I love it. I love it so much. Well, our journey together has been so much fun and such a blessing in so many levels. And Uh, What our listeners might not know is that through our church and through connection and just knowing each other, being in homeschool stuff, you actually became my daughter's mentor. She was your babysitter and for several summers, you know, would spend the night and care for your kids and just through just being you and getting to know her and loving her and spending time with her, you have become her mentor, still are. And goodness, there's, there's no words to thank someone for that. And as you know, as a mom... If someone loves your kid, they love you. And that's the greatest gift that you can give is walking beside the next generation. So mm. ah, publicly, I have to thank you for that because you have ministered to our family just from being Maddie's friend and being her mentor. And it, and I think I want our listeners to know that it, being a mentor doesn't have to be this like crazy, hard, heavy thing. Like you literally have just lived life with her and shared truth with her and been an adult besides me that she can talk to. And that's so valuable. And that has just meant the world. And I do, I I can't let this opportunity go by without thanking you for that. I am so glad you brought that up. And, and, and what I need to make sure I I thought this too, through the whole interview, I thought, Oh, I really would love to be able to share that, you know, through um, years before I ever had Maddie in my life, years before you and Garrick played a huge part in mine and Chad's life. Through those years of season, your passion is mm-hmm. marriage. One yeah. of your many passions is marriage. Yeah. And God used you so much. There's so much of you that was poured into us to help us get to where we are even mm-hmm. now. And I used to jokingly tell people, um, I I thought of you as an older sister, but friend too. And I, yeah. I would say, I want to be like Heather when I grow up. <sighs> And, um, I learned so much about being a mom and, and all these things. And so mm-hmm. how humbling and what an honor when I began to have a relationship, you know, with your daughter 
And I actually secretly got to watch and see and learn so much from you mm. as a mom. And I even to this day, I will very loosely share the value and what you just said about, um, I always share with them, I know a mom who I respect so much, who I want to be like, you know, that mm. family. This is a family that I want my family to be like, mm. who I respect because she recognized the value in having other women yeah. in her kid's life. And she, yeah. you know, trusted, you know, me with that. But the times where... There might have been a weekend here, a weekend there, where later down the road, you shared with me and said, our family needed that. That was so good. Mm -hmm. And how encouraging that has been over and over for so many parents. I've I've shared that with them, that that it gives them freedom to be like, oh, it's okay. It's not all up to me. You know, that I'm not, I'm not a bad parent. I didn't, you know, whatever. I'm like, no, we do this together. And if I began to pray very much for my own daughter, Mm. um, seeing that relationship and how important it was, I I began to pray, God, bring other women into my daughter's Mm. life. Um, and I kind of have to laugh because there were so many times those, some of the deepest conversations I would have, you know, different times. Um, and, and this, you know, this would happen with other girls that are mentor also sometimes almost word for word, I would say the same thing mm-hmm. that the mom or, you know, the parents would be saying, and the response would be so different oh, yes. just because you're not mom. You yes. Know? And so anyways, I just, so much was learned through that. And I mm-hmm. thank you for trusting me mm-hmm. and allowing me to be a part of that. That is uh, completely humbling and such an honor. Mm-hmm. Your family means everything to me. Um, I'm thankful. And this is getting to do this beyond this, mm-hmm. uh, podcast is incredible what a moment oh it's thank been, you it's been so special yeah. oh my goodness and it is neat to watch just how everything comes full circle you know yes. with our just and that's really what the body of christ is for you know pouring into one another and then it flips and goes the other way or getting to work together or getting to encourage each other or getting to pray with each other i mean this is just um it's not us you know this is all god but this relationship is a picture, I think, of what Christ intends the church to yes. be. This has truly been just a, the biggest blessing. And God is good. Perfect. <laughs> he is. Mm-hmm. He is. Well, um, so today you came all the way up to Oklahoma City for us from Tulsa mm-hmm. and um, get to have you for the night. You're spending the night. But what is making your life beautiful? Okay. So I just want to say life is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't have, there would be a whole other podcast, <laughs> a whole other <laughs> Um, another session to explain the tremendous path, the past five years of our lives, the thing that God has done. But, um, obviously we aren't in Oklahoma City anymore. God moved us yet again. Yes. He uprooted us from this amazing, wonderful place. That was rough. We had a hard. lot of life going on there, but we are in our new, uh, our new home, our new community, our new place. And they're almost two years now. And oh my goodness, it is beautiful. Mm. Let me just tell you. Right now, we are experiencing um, a really cool season of leaning into the Lord and being His workers. Mm. I mean, you know, our whole life is is marked with just leaning into our calling to be um, the tag. The tagline I would I would give my life if I could have one is to be broken bread and poured out wine um, to our community, to every person that comes before us. Mm. You know, to be exhausted on behalf of the gospel because mm. nothing else matters. It just yeah. does not matter. We, um, God placed us right where we are in a neat location where we are a part of a, a church community that is actually in a, in a high need area, um, very diverse community, uh, definitely getting to hang out with people that are different from me, that talk differently than I do, who've had different life experiences. It is rich. It is <laughs> wonderful. In this place, um, God is calling right now. I feel like I'm being called into a place of courage. I'm having to live courageously and boldly and kind of... Um, step into new places out of my comfort zone. And it is good. And God has been equipping me to do that. And so uh, there are some new ministries. Our area where we live, we have a lot of foot traffic around. There's a, there is a lot of homelessness, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of uh, poverty. There is a lot of um, actually right where we are. We didn't, we're learning this recently. We kind of had an idea, but we are in an area where there is a, a lot of trafficking, a lot mm. of human trafficking going on. Mm. And God is connecting us with um, some others who are already on the front lines coming along and doing this um, and we're getting educated and we're getting to be a part of it. It is incredible. Mm. Um, it is wonderful. So um, right now uh, I am getting my hands on a lot of great resources and I would share with you some, some books that I'm reading or that I have really made a huge impact that I would highly recommend. And um, the first one is um, the gospel comes with a house key oh, by love Ros- it. Yes. Rosaria Butterfield. Yeah. Um, highly recommend that it, 
Um, it resonated with me because um, I love people. I love opening my home anyway. But I knew when I saw this, I was like, oh, I'm almost afraid to read yeah. this because this is going to take it to a whole new level. I have a feeling. Mm-hmm. And I was right. But I highly mm-hmm. recommend looking at her story. Um, she is a great resource of understanding how do we engage and talk to people and allow people in our lives who are different from us. Um, especially, you know, those of us that are Christians, we, the longer we're walking with the Lord, the more we tend to be around people like us, yeah. we, we shouldn't do that. We need to be around, um, all different people and be mm. able to have conversations with people, with people who think differently than we do. Yeah. Um, and so definitely recommend that book. Um, the other book I was going to recommend, um, is one I'm reading right now called Church in Hard Places, um, by Mez McConnell and Mike McKinley. And this is, this has been convicting to me on just the importance as a believer of being honest with people and not soft selling the truth, mm-hmm. you know, coming along with so much grace and compassion and meeting the practical needs of people all around us. Um, it doesn't take long if you just open your eyes and go out your front door. Yes. There is need right there. Yes. But to be bold enough and brave enough to not just meet that practical need, but to, to tend to their souls yeah. and to share with them the truth that is life changing mm-hmm. that, um, that yes, that we, we live these hard lives and, uh, there's a lot of, of people that these, you know, they live in a place where they think, well, this has been done to me and this is all there and this is this, this is my life. But when we come along and, and let them know the truth of the, you know, the reason there is all of this, um, yuck in the world is that there's a sin problem, that there's a solution, mm-hmm. that we have hope and that hope is in Christ. And um, to be bold and brave to share that with all yes. people is what um, I would say. So this book, wow. I'm, I'm reading that right now. I love it. Good read. That's very good. So. Awesome. Man, yes. well, you are a wealth of knowledge, encouragement, information, like all across the board. We, I think, could talk another, at least another hour, <laughs> if not more. Yeah. But uh, this has just been wonderful. And I know that our listeners are going to be encouraged by your story and by you being here. So thank you so much. Um, I, thank you, Heather. Of course. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. And listeners, we want to thank you for spending this time with Paula and I. And I so hope that as as she was sharing today, that God began to prick your heart and show you what it is that he has for you. I pray that you're able to see how your past and your present connect the dots and how God has wired you so uniquely and so specifically to go out and make a difference for his kingdom. And it is our highest hope that you are able to lean into the Lord and go out and live your one uniquely beautiful story. Thank you for listening to Uniquely Beautiful Stories with Heather McInear. Share this podcast with a friend and subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. Now go live your own story. 